2: in a way, uh, from my house, and Vinny from Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You could read his latest piece up at allchgo.com about the huge, massive free agent signing of Tim Hill and Martin Maldonado. It's been a busy week for the White Sox. Hi, Vinny.
3: Sean, hello. It's been a hectic few minutes here. So, any audio issues that folks might be might have experienced there in the opening seconds of this podcast. Go ahead and give Sarah a break. She's been she's been working the the toggles and the switches. She's been putting shoveling coal into the fire and let letting the steam go and all everything to try to make this work today.
2: Our engineer today is Sarah. Yes. Uh, c- congrats, Sarah, for getting this bird off the plane. Stephen will fix ground. us soon. Don't worry. Thank you, Stephen. Steven. Mr. Hockey? Yeah, he'll come <laughs> in and then he'll
1: fix Studio B or Studio A.
2: I don't think he'll be able to figure it out again because of the, what you just brought up. Hockey. I, I think he, his brain is completely rewired, and I, I, he probably forgot everything that he uh, knew when he was producing us. Uh, anyways, the guy can drive. To- the guy can drive a mean Zamboni these days. I'm not sure he can produce a baseball show. <laughs> yes, he can. He's a he's a golfing Zamboniist now, uh, and, and we wish him the best. Uh, we are going to talk about uh new year's resolutions because this is our last show uh until 2024 our next show is going to be on january 2nd 2024 at 3 30 time's not going to change so make sure you tune in then but we're going to give some new year's resolutions uh because we won't be able to do that on the second i think because it would already be the 24th or 2024 so we'll do it now uh and we're going to talk about I think the White Sox being misrepresented on Kevin Kaduk's list of top 10 stories in Chicago sports for 2023. You can go read that at allchgo.com, but I, I guess you agree.
3: I mean, I brought it up yesterday. I brought it up on our show yesterday, giving some behind the scenes uh, looks to what we were, me and Kevin were talking about before he started his CHGO sports podcast yesterday. And I think, you know, when we broke down with our guy Jared uh, everything that happened this year for the White Sox, I think I mentioned it when we got to late August that uh, that probably should have been uh, one of the the top two stories in Chicago sports this year. Not so in Kev's opinion, I guess, but uh, hey, it is a subjective matter, isn't it?
2: Well, and also, I mean, number seven, Dick Buckus and Bobby Hull dying, uh, completely missing out on Frank Thomas. Uh, White Sox legend Frank Thomas, uh, who passed away. Uh, oh, wait, no, never mind. That was a different Frank Thomas. Uh, that was other Frank Thomas. Uh, so uh, big hurt, the Frank Thomas. He's still alive. Uh, so that was good to see, uh, that that little selfie from Frank Thomas earlier today. Uh, but I also like this stat, I think. Uh, if, let me make sure it's correct. I don't know if it's first or second, uh, but Frank Thomas, the one that passed away that was 93 years old that played for the Pirates, it was an all-star, uh, and the White Sox, Frank Thomas, uh, is the players with the most home runs. Uh, oh, okay, so they are second uh, with homers by players of the same name. Uh, so this is from Bennett Carroll. Uh has the second most homers by two players with the same name. Who do they trail?
3: Wow, that's a good, that's a good question. It's probably obvious, right? And I just don't know. Uh, It's obvious. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh, no, wait, that doesn't, hmm. Ken Griffey?
2: Ken Griffey. Yeah, Ken all Griffey right. Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, so thank you, Bennett Carroll, for that one. Uh, I, I, I you know, screwed up the delivery, but also Frank uh, Fox News killed Frank Thomas. So I'll, 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 I'll give myself a, uh, some leeway there. Uh, but let's uh, talk a little bit. Yeah, because Kevin ranks the White Sox firing of Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams at six. Fifth was the hiring of Craig Counsel? What? Like the cubs 2023 was pretty mid and mediocre the white Sox won they lost 101 games they were a flaming dumpster fire Uh, i guess fire you know it, it doesn't need the adjective of flaming uh but you get what i'm saying like they were a horrendous nightmare and as you put it kenny williams was here for 25 years
3: well i think that's the point right is that it's not necessarily what the white sox did this year because hey They turned off their own fans uh, pretty quickly into this season, let alone fans on the other side of town and and folks who aren't even paying attention to baseball, you know, if they're just a Bears fan or or a Hawks fan or whatever, when you take the entirety of the city. But it's less about the fact that they lost 101 games. That's a story, certainly. But more about the fact that, hey, for the last quarter century, basically, the same one And then one or two people were running uh, the the White Sox baseball department. And this year it came to an end. Um, And so that, you know, you're talking about hiring a new manager on the north side, which, hey, that's a big deal. For for, the, for that Cubs team, they 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 go out and they make him the highest paid manager that that you've ever seen. Uh, big deal for sure. But here's what I'll ask: How many times have the Cubs hired a new manager since Kenny Williams been running the White Sox? Right? I mean, like, and 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 the White Sox hiring new Cluster. managers too. Any other team hiring new managers? It's not necessarily a revolutionary thing to have a new person take over in the dugout for any major league baseball team. And for most major league baseball teams, it's not necessarily a revolutionary thing to have somebody step in as a new general manager or, or or, or other person at the top of the baseball department for the white Sox, It is, I mean, we're talking about 20 plus years in which uh, those one or two guys were in charge. This is, This was seismic, uh, and given the uh, much publicized uh, lack of success or lack of excitement with all of the teams in town, if you're going to talk about what was the biggest deal in terms of changing in the present and for the future, I still think Connor Bedard coming to the Blackhawks is probably number one, but I would go ahead and put Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn leaving the White Sox uh, or being removed from the White Sox right thereafter at number two.
2: Yeah, and I didn't hate Kevin putting Justin Fields number one. Um, I would have obviously been fine with Bedard as well. Uh, but, I mean, the Bears QB is always going to be number one in this town. It's going to be again, the easiest how many, thing. Here, there you go. So, There's an
3: even better question. How many Bears quarterbacks have we had since Kenny Williams uh, took over the White Sox? Because that number is at least like 30.
2: <laughs> well, well, I have the Cubs one pulled up. Uh, so, <laughs> thankfully, uh, Ken Ken Williams was named GM in 2000. Uh, so, the Cubs had a manager in 2000. He lasted in 2002. So, can you go uh, and name? I think it's 10 every it's, Cubs it, manager. It, there's been there's so the guy that started in 2000 was the 52nd manager. Craig Council is the 62nd. I want to say that's 10 managers. There's been 10 managers, right. but it might be 11 if you count. I don't know. Interims. Me yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go.
3: So, the guy that you've already referenced is Don Baylor, correct?
2: There's eleven and yes, Don Baylor's one. Okay. Are you counting interims? Because Bruce Kim would be next. Bruce Bruce Kim get gets counted, but there is one guy that had one game. <laughs> well, that
3: I don't remember. Maybe Okay. R- Renee Latch- Latchman. Okay, I don't remember Renee Latchman. I'm sorry. Uh right. well, then Dusty Baker. I'll
2: give, you, I'll give you some I'll give you some grace.
3: Dusty Baker is after uh Bruce Kim, yes. Correct. Uh then it would be
2: Lupinella. Ah. Lupinella. Right. Then Mike Quaddy. Yes. Is it Quade? Quade? Quaddy. Oh. Does he not have a brother, Dennis?
3: <laughs> I don't believe he's part of that family. Uh, after that would be Dale Swain. Or am I missing Correct. one? No. Okay. Dale Swain. Then would be Did Joe Madden. It? Oh, Ricky. Of course. Sorry, Ricky. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. One year of Ricky and then Joe Madden uh, and then. Uh, the guy they just had, uh, David Ross.
2: Correct. And, yeah. and then Craig Council. And Craig uh, so, Council. yeah, there's been 11. Uh, if you don't count Renee Latchman, uh, there's been 10 <laughs> managers, uh, if, I guess. And if you don't count Bruce Kim, nine managers. Hey, but I uh, knew Bruce Kim. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bruce Camp. Seventy-eight games of Bruce Camp. Uh, yeah, Bear Bear. What, how would we even do Bears starting quarterbacks since since Ken, Ken Williams? It would uh, it
3: would take the rest of the show. So let's not even try.
2: <laughs> no, I, I wasn't even gonna do that. Like, but do you, could you does every single guy who's like just Todd Collins and his one game count started like, a game ugh. didn't he ugh, brutal <laughs> I, I would put that over under at like 36 and a half uh, if Jake Flanagan's around and watching the show and not bored I think that's a, a thing that he might enjoy doing uh, but uh, anyways I think that, you know the point being, Ken Williams was a very important story. and Rick Hahn was a very important story. And I feel like at least it should have been a top five story. So go read Kevin and, you know, go watch the CHGL sports podcast from yesterday uh, to figure out uh, if you agree with us or, or maybe Kevin, uh, but let's take a quick break. And then uh, we'll answer one of the questions. Cause Jake has a good question in the chat. Uh, and then we'll jump into our new year's resolutions for 2024 and the Chicago white Sox. But want to let you know about our friends over at circus sports. And it is a very big one weekend in the sports world the Bears are taking on the Falcons their three-point favorites I think only Rick Morrissey is the only uh talking head to be taking the uh, Falcons uh so if you want to be a contrarian maybe you look at the Falcons line Blackhawks are taking on the stars do you think the Blackhawks are going to win that line is at plus 320 you also have the college playoffs coming up, Alabama versus Michigan. Michigan is a point-and-a-half favorite, and Texas versus Washington. Texas is four-and-a-half point favorites. Uh, Circus Sports is the best because they have real people running the app, and if you have an issue, you won't deal with a chat bot you will be dealing with the people that run the very pristine and very uh, illustrious Circa Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Uh, they run all the aspects of the app and the sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So download the Circus Sports Illinois app. They are the world's largest sports book. You can have it at your fingertips over at circussportscom slash Illinois-app. That's circussportscom Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates because since they're from Vegas, they know how to throw a party. If you were to me know may have a problem with gambling call 100 gambler 1-800-426-2537 text gmb 833-234 or visit are you really winning.com and we want to let you know about our friends over at midtown athletic club vinny it doesn't get easier than this when we are talking about new year's resolutions what is the most common new year's resolution lose weight gaining weight lose weight <laughs> work out maybe maybe you know just just have some more self-pride in yourself and midtown athletic club can help you reach that with their four chicagoland locations uh one in palatine in the northwest suburbs one in bannockburn in the northwest shore shore uh in, in the north shore i combine the northwest suburbs and the north shore uh bannockburn in the north shore uh, willowbrook in the southwest suburbs and the midtown athletic club and hotel in the middle of bucktown in lincoln park and midtown Palatine has launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete in early 2024. You can lock in a favorable rate right now before the end of the year. You got a couple more days. And, you know, honestly, since it's a Friday, you better call now. Uh, So call over or uh, go to Midtown dot com slash chg to find more about the uh new relaunched palatine uh club and uh to find more about touring the nearest midtown athletic club nearest you if you do want to start your new year's off right uh their midtown and athletic club uh in downtown or in, you know, Maine, Chicago, downtown uh, is absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. It was great to take a tour of. So uh, if you want to get swole like Sarah, uh, (laughs) go check out our friends over at Midtown Athletic Club. All right, Vinny. So I have two White Sox specific resolutions. I don't know how many you have. Uh, I have more team specific resolutions. Uh, Do you have any player ones?
3: Well, I'll, I'll jump out here. I don't want to single anybody out necessarily uh, because I do think that this was probably more of a lineup wide issue or at least multiple guys, but here's a new year's resolution for the white Sox lineup. Listen to the hitting coach. The white Sox have a new hitting coach uh, in Marcus Timms. Uh, We talked plenty about it when he was hired back in November about some of the players that he's worked with uh, some of the things that he's been able to do, but what I heard from Pedro Grafol at the end of the year, and we and we played it here on, on the show after we got that after I had that interview with him, was there was a problem at times with players being receptive to what the coaching staff was saying, and I think we saw some of the fruits of exactly the benefit of listening to the hitting coaches when we saw Luis Robert make an early season uh, transformation from a guy who was still kind of waving at pitches outside the strike zone to a guy who was a little bit more selective. And all of a sudden, he turned into an MVP-type hitter. There are guys in this lineup who have plenty of talent. Aloy Jimenez, Johan Moncada, Andrew Vaughn. We've seen Andrew Benintendi put together plenty of, of nice seasons in the past. But they've got to go up there and not lean on, hey, I know what I'm doing. I've been here. I got to the major leagues. I'm a major league baseball player. I know, I know how to hit because the last few years there has been a tremendous lack of consistency in that department from so many of those hitters. So whether it's guys who are coming into this organization for the first time looking to bounce back, like a Paul DeYoung, maybe a guy who, uh, you know, uh, Nicky Lopez, who has great defensive reputation, but room for improvement offensively, or these guys who have just not been able to reach that potential so far, Let's give the new guy a chance, right? I mean, let's go ahead and listen to to Marcus Thames and see if that can get the job done. Because when you've got the manager saying at the end of the season, yeah, we had some issues at times. He didn't say it was the whole thing that that broke the team down or anything like that. But it, when we've had some issues at times with guys not being receptive to what the hitting coaches are saying, and then the hitting coach gets fired, you wonder if it's maybe the hitting coach's fault, right? And so bring in this new guy, Give them a chance, listen to them, and if they do that, maybe that's a key. Maybe that is a pathway toward Aloy Jimenez, Yohan Moncada, Andrew Vaughn, living up to that potential. Maybe it is a key to Luis Robert Jr. going even a step higher than, than he did last year. And, and I think what we've seen maybe is a little bit lack of willingness to do that over the last couple of years. We've talked over and over again about the inconsistency at manager for this team since you know Rick Renneria uh, was let go. How about the inconsistency at hitting coach as well? Again, that's more a little bit part of the job description that happens on teams across the across the league. But here the White Sox have yet another hitting coach. Uh, uh, the key to uh, making him stick around a little bit might be the players uh, opening up the ears a little wider.
2: It's interesting just because, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, none of those guys really seem... Anti-hitting coach because Moncada had a pretty good stretch from August to the end of the year. It seemed like mainly his was just health issues. Uh, Maybe he Pedro was talking about Aloy or the uh, ever slain Oscar Colas. Maybe even uh, Yasmani Grandal who won't be on the team. Uh, But the best hitter, Luis Robert Jr. We talked about that moment in May where he gets benched, and then in the next 13 games. He had uh, an OPS of 1442. And Brian Sandalow of the Sun-Times wrote that Robert said the only switch in his preparation is that he'd gone back to the drills he was doing in the offseason with his personal trainer and personal hitting coach. Uh, So, like, I mean, Robert wasn't even crediting the hitting coach's work. I mean, was that an issue? Was it the actual hitting coach? Well, and I I – Ben attende, I mean, what, half of the hitting coach team was Tozar and he has a, a previous relationship. So you'd be surprising if he was like, just t- t- tuning him out.
3: I also am not trying to make this an indictment of any specific player or even the group that that we're talking about here. The four the four or five guys maybe who are still here that are a part of that core. I, we've heard from managers in the past just describing hitters in general as harder to break through and harder to get uh, get the point across than pitchers per se and when you get to the major league level and but this is a white sox team as we've talked over the past few days weeks as they have made uh, additions to the position player group that needs, that needs to do something offensively. And so if there isn't help coming in, and granted, they still got a a right field spot that they need to fill, maybe do something at second base. But if there isn't more help coming in, more oomph coming in offensively, then that needs to come from the guys who are already here. And they, they had bad years last year. And yeah, there's a variety of reasons for that health being chief among them. But why not give yourself every advantage and why not explore every avenue in terms of bouncing back in terms of reaching that potential and in terms of in some of these guys cases proving that you deserve another contract proving that you deserve to stick around as a as a an everyday player in the major leagues Uh, if they can approach things with a minds with an open mind and approach things in a way where they're going to be able to take advantage of the guy that they're new that their boss, Chris Getch, just hired and brought in to to provide something new to this offense, then you could see a different-looking White Sox offense and a different-looking approach, maybe, from individual guys in 2024. If you're talking about a New Year's resolution... That, to me, would seem to be an easy one. Don't fall back. Again, I'm not talking about a specific guy. I'm talking about a major league hitter. Don't fall back on that habit of saying, all right, thanks, buddy, but I, I, I hit my way to the major leagues. Go ahead and remind yourself, I should listen to this guy and see what he's got to say because the coaching staff comes under a ton of heat every year from uh, fans when things don't go right. It is a two-way street, and, and, and I think that everybody that's in our team chat and in our comments i mean how long was frank manichino public enemy number one here again it's a two-way street he could be saying all the right things the guy's got to listen
2: right absolutely and uh, too I mean we see that gets has put a focus on guys with former major league experience obviously Minakino had that but I don't think Jorge Castro had uh, major league experience maybe guys that could relate to the struggles of being a hitter and having to deal with you know success and only two out of ten times or three out of ten times uh, and what else we've seen so far from Chris gets and something that I just want is somebody who's going to be watching this team for another 162 games uh, Bruce Levine had that weird quote where it's like Page or fall, they might they might lose, you know, ninety-six games, but it's gonna just be prettier. Uh like okay, like I'll, t- I'll I'll take it, I guess. Uh let's focus on the fundamentals. Here's some ugly stats that will make you cringe, maybe even throw up. Uh just things that I, I don't want to see again. Uh they were 30th in on base percentage. They were tied for seventh in most errors. they had the most stolen bases allowed, 170 stolen bases allowed. The Nats were in second place with 160. Only two teams in the 2000s had worse seasons with allowing stolen bases, the 2007 San Diego Padres, who allowed 189, and the 2001 Boston Red Sox, who allowed 223. So the Sox had the third worst or third most stolen bases allowed in the 2000s uh, last season. Uh, their stolen base percentage was 10th worse in Major League history. That's bad. Uh, with 80. 80- It was the fifth, uh, highest stolen base percentage in 2023. Uh, so even though it was the 10th worst, there were four other teams above them in that ranking, uh, with the new uh, Changes to, uh, you know, pickoffs allowed in and, and wider bases. Uh, the 2023 Dodgers were worse and ha- allowed more than 82.93 success rate to runners. Uh, the Nationals were higher, the Guardians were higher, and the Mets were higher. Uh, they allowed the 14th most walks in MLB history as That's a bad. pitching staff. Uh, it's real bad. Uh, worst team since the 1999 Rockies. So nearly the worst season in about 24 years. Uh, they were fifth in baseball in 2023 and passed balls, fourth in wild pitches. Uh, according to defensive run saves, they were tw- the 29th worst defense uh, with negative 53 defensive run saves. And since that stat was uh, has been tracked, it is the third worst defensive Sox season, I guess tied for the second worst defensive season. Sox season, uh, the 2007 season was worse with 60, negative 63 defensive runs saved, uh, and the 2013 team was worse at negative 53. Uh, again, the Sox team this year was at negative 56, negative 53. Uh, so they tied the 2013 2013 team. Uh, and as Matt from Oakland saying, uh, if he's not mistaken, Thames helped Judge cut back on his K's. Uh, the biggest thing that Marcus Thames needs to focus on, the biggest thing that those hit- hitters need to listen to, is let's cut down the whiffs. Seventh in baseball in total whiffs and third highest whiff percentage. So let's make more contact. Let's get on base. Let's make these pitchers work more and let's get to bullpens quicker uh, so these teams can uh, be more tired. uh, And maybe the Sox can force the errors that, you know, we see them making all the time.
3: Well, Sean, I'll say this. You call it a New Year's resolution, but I think Chris Getz has gotten off to a start in A lot of those areas, right? And I mean, you specifically talk about errors. You specifically talk about base stealing, that kind of thing. Well, he's gone out and gotten some players who are brought in basically solely to be defensive upgrades, right? We're seeing guys being brought in whose offensive numbers are you know, very unimpressive. But hey, the defensive reputation is there, and and that's what Chris Getz was trying to do. You see it at shortstop, at second base, and particularly at catcher, where there's been two new additions made, uh, veteran guys with good defensive reputations. So um, you would like to imagine that they are on their way to playing a more fundamental game in 2024. Uh, that being said, though. As, as I mentioned when I was running through the hitters, there's a lot of guys in the field who were there last year for that same kind of thing. Uh, I I, th- I think that the focus is going to continue to be for Chris Goetz as the offseason g- goes on, uh, on improving defensively, improving fundamentally, and that was a thing that Pedro Graffol spent a lot of time talking about when he addressed us at the winter meetings down in Nashville. So I really think that it is a priority, not just – up in the front office, but also down in the dugout with Pedro Grifol. I think you will see a team play differently than it did last year. Does that mean it will play vastly better? I don't know. But certainly the uh, intent is to have this team play a much different style of baseball and one that doesn't look quite as ugly, as you mentioned.
2: Yeah, hey, I mean, they can lose as many games as they want. Just just make it prettier, right? Let's just, let's just make less mistakes. Let's just maybe, you know, have more... Have more competitiveness and spirit and energy and uh, competitiveness. I think I don't know if I mentioned that. Competitive, a, a team that would be competitive would be nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, l- real quick on that note, let's a- answer uh, Jake Wrench's question in the comments. Uh, will the Sox have a better season than the Pistons in 2024? Vinny, are you watching the NBA? No. The Pistons have lost 28 straight games. That seems hard to do. Well, it is. uh, 28 (laughs) straight games. Uh, It is the longest in NBA history. That's 34% of their season.
3: You get a little Mario sound for that.
2: What's 34% of 162?
3: Hold on. Let me get my abacus out. No,
2: I, I have. It was a, a, a 55 game losing streak. Uh, so I don't think the White Sox will lose 55 straight games. So, no, they won't be as bad as the Pistons in 2024. I can guarantee it.
3: Well, they won't do that consecutively. But I guess what will the Pistons' uh, final record end up being? That, I guess, is more of the question. What is their, how many wins do they currently have? Two. Two? Two. Wow, They're that's two bad. and 29. Two and twenty nine.
2: They won't win a game Yikes. since
3: October. Weren't you supposed to have the number one pick last last season when uh, when the big tall guy uh, was uh, was the number one pick?
2: Oh yeah, no, no. This is not intentional. They were up <laughs> sixty six to like forty five yesterday at halftime, and then they uh, the Celtics forced overtime, and then they couldn't even close it out in overtime. So uh, no, the Pistons are just. I mean, the game before this, their got their number one pick prior to Wemby. Uh, was Cade Cunningham and he scored over forty points and they still lost. <laughs> it's tough, it's brutal. Uh, and uh, Masman, it sounds Chapman like they Gator. really
3: could use. It sounds like they really could use Joe Dumars and Lindsey Hunter back back in action for them.
2: I, I don't know how well those guys would do uh, with their age, but eh, you know, hey, uh, whatever. Two and twenty nine. Uh, two and twenty nine. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. Uh, we want to let you know about our friends over at ComEd, because it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles i don't think it would help the pistons but it's something that we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it
3: i mean i'm no uh i'm no car guy i'm no gearhead. but if you have an electric vehicle do you have pistons yes right they're just electric electrically powered pistons
2: I, I probably maybe uh. i don't know uh, I don't, I don't know. You could read the, I'll, I'll.
3: I'm just saying it's possible that the electric, uh, the electric tomorrow that we're all working toward would put the pistons out of business,
2: but no the electric-, electric cars do not use pistons See? in a traditional internal combustion engine vehicle. Pistons play a crucial role in the combustion process by moving up and down within seal silico- cylinders, creating the necessary motion to power the vehicle. So, uh, so they're going to need a new name. You don't need to combust it.
3: They'll need a new team name here because, you know, Sean. I mean, the Pirates
2: aren't a thing anymore. Buccaneers aren't a thing anymore. But they – yeah, but they're not like – it's not like you would point – whatever. Sean – What Yankee do you know? What Viking do you know? Get out of here. We're
3: we're Yankees. We're Yankees. We're (laughs) Northerners, Sean. Uh, But, hey – The Pistons are going to need a new name because, as you know, the electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs, including the Pistons' cleaner energy needs, as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense.
2: What should business owners do, Vinny?
3: Business owners, like the one who presumably owns the Pistons, should go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, yes, you, own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. They're good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean.
2: Did you say comed.com slash clean?
3: sean i'm glad that you took that grant hill rookie card out of your ear because you heard me correctly now go and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come
2: it was one of those weird ones it was one of those like real like thin it was like a a thin rectangle grant hill rookie card it was a very odd set uh but but they made it uh all right uh i have another uh resolution um uh, do you, you, I think it's something that we talked about yesterday. I'll jump into it. Uh, it's basically clarity from the front office. Have you ever seen, heard, uh, the song clarity from Kim Petras? No. Okay. Um, I, just like Kim Petras, I want clarity. Uh, what is Chris gets doing? If it's not a rebuild, uh, what is it right? It sure looks like a rebuild. Is kind of the point that we were making, uh, over this past week and they have been active but it's not really spending on anyone that's helping them for 2025. Maybe Eric Fetty, maybe. Uh, but even then they might just trade them at the deadline and still they're shopping their stars. I mean, mainly the biggest story of this offseason is will they trade Dylan Cease? That doesn't seem to uplifting for the 2025 outlook for this team and again i keep thinking that the door is maybe open for the elephant to walk right in uh maybe the elephant will be allowed into the room because they have dylan cease and luis robert jr but i just don't know what to expect from Chris Getz, and I think Nato in the Discord made a good point. He said I'm not sure what Gets is doing. I don't see a long-term plan and it looks like the short-term plan is reduce pay- payroll. That isn't a knock on Gets. He hasn't even drafted yet. Reshaping an organization is not done overnight and he doesn't talk to me every day about his vision for the organization, so I'm stuck reading tea leaves. I can say from what I see as of now that is that Gets has no plan on competing in 2024, which was to be expected anyway, but again, Clarity, and maybe Chris gets. Uh, if you will not be uh, setting expectations of winning the division, what are you setting expectations for? Is it growth and is it cleaner play for the 2025 team? And maybe that cleaner play will receive additions in free agency or through trading of Dylan Cease. I just want clarity in the plan for Chris Gets because he's been you know, under this job for what, four months now. I think he should have a a better idea after what was his quote in September. Uh, He still needs to like look through everything. He still needs to go through all the levels. Like I think, I think his preliminary search is done. And I would like to know what direction he sees this team going in 2024, because most people see them as a last place team in the worst division in baseball.
3: I think that, I think that first of all, you're absolutely right. But I think that Behind the scenes, Chris Getz knows what he's trying to do. Chris Getz has that plan. Right. It's just that it's just that we haven't heard the specifics of it, and he doesn't have to tell us, even though that would be nice. But uh, and, and again, I get why they don't want to use the word rebuild. There's connotations in this very organization, in this very fan base, that if you dropped that word, it would be not good, not looked upon well. We'll put it that way. But as we've talked about over and over again, The moves that they've made so far uh, point to not just a rebuild-like thing, but one that has yet to take the step of planning for the future. And and again, I think he's planning for the future, but where is the move that helps them for the future? Where is the the setting them up for future success, for that long-term success? Obviously, it never happened. That success never came from Rick Hahn's rebuild, but we saw boom, 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 those trades influx all this talent in the organization and you could paint a picture of a team that was going to be maybe entirely homegrown and able to compete in the future. We we can't do that right now with this White Sox team. Granted, the offseason is is halfway over. There's there's still uh, a month and a half before they report uh, to camp down there in Arizona. But there's... It, it, 2024 from a com- competitive standpoint on the field might be little more than wheel spinning or killing time. You know, that whole classic rebuilding, this is going to be a rebuilding year and then, then the next years are going to be better, but it doesn't mean that behind the scenes or, or, or off the f- off the major league field, that has to be the case. There are moves that he can make this off season that set them up for success. There are, uh, there are things that uh, can happen in the minor leagues that can set them up for success. Those things haven't happened yet. And so rather than, or I should say in addition to clarity that you're hoping is a New Year's resolution for Chris Getz, just make the moves that that need to be made. If you're going for 2025, let's see that in action. If you're going for 2026, let's see that in action. Because right now we're just seeing... Here's a placeholder here, here's a placeholder there, here's a guy who's uh, you know, gonna come in and make a little bit of money, uh, but and do a little bit of hitting, you know, like that we haven't seen the thing yet that sets them up down the road. Now, again, as we've talked about, the the move that probably makes the most sense in that conversation is the trade of Dylan Cease or the trade of, of somebody else big that brings them back prospects. They don't have a lot of big guys to trade for prospects. That's just why we're focusing on cease, but that move can still happen. And so that's 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 why we're going to throw an asterisk on that. But I, I think you're right that we haven't seen that uh, that clarity or that movement yet from from Getz's front office.
2: Right, and maybe Chris Getz has learned from his predecessor, maybe not to make any certain remarks like mired in mediocrity and you asked me after the parade. Maybe maybe we'll never get that clarity because he'll just let the team speak for themselves on the field, which I'd be fine with. You know, just hopefully at some point in the next two years, they are above 500. Uh, That'd be very nice. Uh, And and to your point, too, progression in the minor league system would be exciting. If Edgar Caro can deliver uh, on a promising minor league season this year if colson montgomery can uh, deliver on a promising minor league year if brian ramos noah schultz nick nastrini right if they can see true growth from their top prospects and you know that that's where maybe that clarity comes from is why wow, we we see a lot of young guys that will be affecting the 2025 team maybe we get clarity there and, and hopefully again uh what Frank Thomas wanted the job uh but Jerry Reinsdorf said uh that no one has run the minor leagues better uh, than chris gets uh so hopefully uh he, the, that, that continues in 2024 and, and we could see growth uh from from those top prospects uh, all right you got another resolution here
3: yeah you brought up a lot of the uh ugly stats when it came to getting on base for this team last year we've got uh Mazman in the comments uh bringing up the fact that uh that the the walks were not good. That was on the pitching side uh, last last year, but on the hitting side, they were real bad too. Uh, Yoamo Moncada, uh, New Year's resolution for twenty twenty four walk walk more. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't think we were, you know we were thinking that we were ever going to see Tim Anderson evolve into a guy who walks a whole ton, and he didn't need to because that's not his skill set. Luis Robert Jr. probably the same way. But you know what's part of Yoan Moncada's skill set is being able to walk. We've seen him walk over 80 times in a season before. Uh he's a he's a guy who has the ability to do that, do it. And and I think that, you know, the the whole adage that a walks as good as a hit is definitely true. And this is a guy who has a lot of different things in his toolbox, but that's one thing that we have not seen a lot of from White Sox hitters uh in general. Uh we were supposed to see it a lot from Yasmani Grandal. He didn't um, end up kind of playing enough to do that. Certainly that's been a problem for Yoan Moncada as well. But just in general, we've seen Yoan Moncada get away from that. If he can tap into that ability to walk, it doesn't really matter as much how how well he's hitting in a certain moment. He can have, you know, he doesn't have to be hitting all-star level from day one in order to have that all-star impact offensively because he's somebody who can draw those walks on a regular basis. So if he can have that uh um, you know, approach once again if he can figure out a way to draw walks and get to first base, it helps the team out in so many ways. And it also maybe you know, and and it and it takes one of those guys off of Pedro Gafol or Marcus Timms' is kind of list of guys that they need to work with because hey, at least Johan Moncada is walking. He's seeing the ball well. He's, he's 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 got the strike zone uh, under far more control than we've seen him have it in the past. So that is something that can help him can help the white Sox, and uh would be a, a big step in the right direction uh for both him and that lineup as a whole
2: yeah and i i just even i know get your favorite spirit ready uh and right next to you because you're about to take a shot because i'm bringing up andrew benatendi but just didn't even bring I mean, him true.
3: up folks i didn't even bring him up this is a hundred percent uh sean pulling him out of thin air
2: in the same vein though i mean he he is a better hitter, and he has shown higher career success uh, when he walks more. Uh, 8.4 walk rate last year was the second worst of his career. 2021, it was at 6.7. That year, he had a 104 weighted runs created plus. Uh, In 2023, it was at 87. Uh, One of his worst career years is when he has a a walk rate uh, worse than 10. Uh, basically uh and anything lower than like nine and a half or worse he is going to be basically an average hitter so if he wants to turn things around maybe it's not about hitting you know double digit home runs but it's about having an on-base percentage that's near 380 and again just improving the contact of this team same for andrew vaughn again we uh i've always drooled over vaughn's ability especially in college to have a, a 500 on base percentage right uh uh, Frank Minichino notably said you know fuck the home run let's hit 300 if Andrew Vaughn's hitting 300 and walking a lot more than he has I think his walk rate last year uh, was 5.9 his rookie year was 8.7 if he can get near that 9% to 12% Andrew Vaughn's going to look like a completely different hitter And if he can you know have that type of walk rate with 25 homers I think people would stop complaining about his, his hitting profile because that would probably boost him to you know a way to runs created plus of 150 Fifteen to 120 where he's a little bit more average for that position uh so uh, it would not only for moncada not only for andrew benatendi not only for for andrew vaughn uh it'd be great for even Aloy to to maybe show some of that so uh let, let's let's pile it on let's let's see some better hitting in 2024
3: <laughs> and and on Benintendi specifically the, the thing that you brought up there it would be way more valuable for, to, to, for the White Sox for him to have a ridiculously high on-base percentage than it would for him to get double-digit home runs. I mean, honestly, this is a guy who could have a huge impact on this team And you, with not hitting, not hitting any home runs and you continuing to make fun of him for not hitting any home runs. But if he's getting on base at that kind of clip like you just brought up, make as much fun of him as you want. He'd be one of the more valuable hitters on the team, I would think.
2: I, I want to stop. I don't. My, my resolution in twenty twenty four is to stop making fun of players. If they if they stop stinking, uh, I will. St- I will shut up. Uh, if Andrew Benintendi, uh is at least his career average, I will. I will. You know. Zip my lip and throw away the key. I just find it hilarious that Rick Hahn, you know, they were in love with him at that draft and they just needed to have him when he became a free agent. And I just, I don't think that any team would have offered him that contract. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and hey, I, I, a New Year's resolution for this show in 2024 talk to Rick Khan. Uh, I I don't think it will happen. I don't think it's going to, you know, but that will be a legendary get. Uh, Jason Benetti addressed him leaving the White Sox. We haven't heard from Rick Hahn. We haven't heard from Ken Williams. If we can book those interviews, that would make my year.
3: (laughs) Good luck to you, I say, Sean. Good luck. Thank you.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I don't know where Rick Khan lives, but I'm going to go uh, just hang out in the jewels and Mariano's and, and just maybe see them and maybe maybe hunt them down and say, hey, Rick, you want to come on my podcast? And he'll probably, you know. That sounds like uh, a good way to it. get that done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest way to go, go with that. Um, all right. Uh, I think my final resolution is to appreciate the game. You know, people want to see a game be played a certain way. People want... Starting pitchers to be brought back into Major League Baseball. Uh, people don't want the clock, right? The game is changing, and I think it's for the better. And I think they're working out some of the kinks. And my only issue with the pitch clock would be the seemingly increase of injuries for pitchers. Uh, but this game is changing, and I think it's for the better. And I think if we embrace the game by 2030, Baseball is going to be a lot more popular than it is right now. I I think that these are going to be truly seismic changes for baseball. And I think over the next, what, six years, we're going to see them pay off. And I think partly because of Shohei Otani and his superstar levels. But I do think that this product is getting better, even though it looks a lot different than you know, 1975, where, you know, Vita Blue was going out and throwing 175 pitches, right? Like it's a a different game, but it's still baseball. And I think a resolution for everyone is to enjoy it more. And I know it's tough to do that when watching the horrible, horrible Chicago White Sox.
3: Sean must have had some conversations with some older family members over the holidays. This is why it's (laughs) front of mind, because, because I'll tell you this, it, it is better. I, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what waiting we have to do. That was the seismic change that we saw in 2023 and it made the quality of the product. I thought much more entertaining just from a keep it going standpoint, because you know, listen, we love baseball. We are going to be happy. We were going to, we were happy with baseball when it was three and a half hours. Even if we were grumbling, Oh, that was three and a half hours. We still liked that. It was baseball. This is baseball. It's just ramped up a bit and that's fine. You're still getting the same thing. Um, the, the m- more major changes are going to go in and out of vogue as they always have over over history. You know, I remember uh, during the COVID year, or I mean, you know, in twenty twenty before baseball came back, uh, when I was working at NBC Sports, we showed the we showed the tw- two thousand five season every day. There was a game on Ooh. from the two thousand five season, and it looked it looked foreign to me. It it looked because guys were just swinging at the first pitch all the time. No one was walking. Everybody was, it was just hitting ground balls and and nobody was striking out. It was, it was crazy to see. Um, And then, you know, you compare it to now and, and what has been that transformation over the last 20 years, it's been, you know, the emphasis on making pitchers work, the emphasis on taking all these pitches, you're going to walk, you're going to strike out. Who cares if you strike out as long as you walk or hit a home run, it's, and, and and it has been become a totally different game. But guess what? Now they've made some rule changes, and now things are going to go back. We saw the team in the World Series this year. A team almost win the World Series this year by playing that small ballish style, right? By running all over the place and 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 forcing the issue and playing in a way that isn't just. Sp- throw a guy up at the plate and see how hard, see how far he can hit it and then wait for another home run a little bit later. Uh, but again, it's baseball. Every team plays 162 games a year. You're going to see everything over the course of the year and you're going to see a bunch of stuff you haven't seen before. So I think you're right. Uh, I'm not sure who... Uh, who would be listening to this that would you would need to scold about that, about embracing the game, because I think we've got a bunch of baseball fans watching and people who know everything that I just said. But, um, you know, the thing that I always say is it's okay if it's not the NFL. It's okay if it's not the NBA. It's still baseball, and there's still a ton of baseball fans out there. Uh, I'm happy that we get to watch it on a regular basis, even if the team we're watching on a regular basis is not maybe playing uh, the the best version of it.
2: Uh, and, yeah, I'm trying to find uh, – and I don't know how – oh, league in year. Uh, I'm trying to find, now that you brought that point up, a guy swinging at the first pitch. Like, are, are there more pitches, I guess? Uh, 2015, at least since 2008, 2015 had 7,000 or so pitches. In uh, 2023, had seven thousand seven or, 700, or 717,000. So, like, 17,000 more uh, between 2023 and 2015, but even 2019, there were 700,300. 300, or I don't know how to read numbers, 732,000, there we go, pitches. So about a 32,000 difference between uh, since 2008, the, the lowest and the highest. So, I mean, maybe there's just too many pitches. Maybe uh, guys are, are too patient. Uh, maybe we're seeing too many walks. Uh, Maybe we need to see more 2005 action uh, where guys are swinging at the first pitch and that would help the White Sox throw four complete games in the world series or not four complete games. I got to stop. We got to end this. I have COVID. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Happy new year. Uh, I can't wait to go sing all Lang sign. Uh, that, that great, great tune uh, and enjoy my 2024. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Thank you to Sarah for producing the show. Thank you to everyone for hanging out with us. Like Michael Clark, who said last place, not in 2024, Michael. Not in 2024. It's only up from here. The elephant in the room is that the Whites are actually going to win the division in 2024. All right? That's your final resolution. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. They're going to win by my delusion, Benny. That's all. Uh, we'll talk to you in the new year. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> we
2: all silly like
1: the mayor.